Well, hello there in your home. We are standing here in this house today, but we're thinking of you right now watching from your house or wherever you're watching all over the world. And it's also real special today to be a part of Imaginations Church Phoenix. We love you there in Arizona. Come on. We love you in Arizona. A real joy to be a part of your Mission Sunday as well. Well, in Phoenix and right here in Sydney, just before you're seated, tell somebody next to them how lovely they look today. Come on. And what a great report today from Mitch. And can you believe the faith promise commitment here in Sydney of a million and what did he say? $47,000. Faith promise from this house let alone the different locations. How exciting is that? Do you, do you think of that as kind of miraculous? Man, I do. It's kind of absolutely miraculous. It's just a wonderful thing. And may we just keep mounting up more and more as these days come to an end. Because I believe we're in the last days. And like I've said many times, if we're not in the last days, we're in the most last days of any Christians that have ever lived. So it'll, it'll do until the last days get here. But I think they're probably here anyway. But they're glory days. They're glory days. And we get to be a part of God and his plan and his purpose in these last glorious days. Genesis chapter 24, verses 1 through 5. Now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. So Abraham said to the oldest servant of his house, who ruled over all that he had, please swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. But you shall go to my country and to my family and take a wife for my son, Isaac. But the servant asks this amazing question. He's just been given this astonishing assignment, but Abraham hardly gets it out of his mouth. And Abraham says this, perhaps the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land. He says, perhaps the woman. See, he's not just going for a woman. I'm sure he could get a woman to follow him, but he's not going for a woman. He's going for the woman. There is the woman there in that land, but perhaps she, not a woman, but the woman. What if she is not willing to follow me to the land. And you can hear the consternation in the servant's voice. He's talking about the woman. He's believing he's going to go find the woman. But what if the woman is not willing? And he says, must I take your son back then to the land from which you came? So here is this plan, this amazing biblical the plan of God, the purpose of God is being strategized right now between these two old men. 
between Abraham and his oldest servant. And they are strategizing and working through the, the purposes of God. But there's only one problem. What if the key player, the woman, was not willing? God's perfect plan was resting and relying totally upon her. She would become the wife of Isaac, the mother of Jacob, the matriarch of Israel. She would become that from which King David and eventually the Lord Jesus Christ himself would come to this planet as one of her descendants. But what if she's not willing? What if she didn't want to go? What if she refused to leave? What if she decided really she's just not interested in doing the purpose and the plan of God for her life? She just kind of likes where she's at. You see, one of the most remarkable things about being a human being is that we have free will. I said we have free will. It's amazing that we have the power of choice. It's this most astonishing thing that we are like God himself in this attribute. God has made us in his image and you have the ability to choose. You have the ability to decide. God did not make us robots. One American author said this, every person has free choice, free to obey or disobey the natural laws. Your choice, your choice determines your consequences. You say, well, I'm not sure that's true. Every consequence right now in your life proves that it's true. Your choice determines the consequences. But he says this, nobody ever did or ever will escape the consequences of his choices. You have choice, you have free will, but what you don't have choice of is the consequences that follow your choices. Another American author who wrote the book Wake Up Calls said this, every choice moves us closer to or further away from something. Maybe I could even say it this way, every choice I make makes, brings me closer to or further away from someone. From someone, not just something. And then he asked the question in his book, where are your choices taking your life? Are they taking your life closer to or further from? And so Abraham answers his old servant. In verse 8, he says this. If the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from this oath. God's plan, God's plan rides upon the willing hearts of God's people. If the woman is not willing to follow you, well then, then you'll be released from this oath. How is God's will done? How is God's will done in the earth? Jesus prayed it. Jesus prayed, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This was a prayer of Jesus. So how is it done? It's done 
When we say, as King David said in Psalm 40 and verse 8, I delight to do your will, O God, and your law is written in my heart. That's when God's will is done. It's when God's people delight to do his will. And his word and his will is written within their own hearts. As a matter of fact, in the New Testament, God speaks of the willing heart of David. And God says this. We hear this in Acts chapter 13 and verse 22. God said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Watch this. Who will do all my will. I found a man. I found a man who will do all my will. I was looking for a man, and I found a man, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. That's how God's will is done. God's will is done when we can say along with the Lord Jesus. In John chapter 4 and verse 34, my food. This is what Jesus said to the disciples who had just gone into Samaria. They'd just come back with lunch. And he's just spoken to the woman at the well. He's not eating, but, he's, but they brought all this food. And they said, Master, eat. And he's not eating. And here's what he says to them. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. God's will is done by his willing son. And God's will is done by his willing daughters and sons. That's how God's will is done. Jesus said in Mark 3.35, For whoever does the will of God is my brother. And my sister and my mother. Jesus also says in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he, but she who does the will of my Father in heaven. And what is God's will? What is God's will? In John chapter 6 and verse 40, Jesus says, And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone may have everlasting life. That everyone may have everlasting life and I will raise him up on the last day Jesus said this is the will of him who sent me his will is everlasting life for every single one his will is everlasting life for every single one don't ever believe it when people tell you that it's not God's will for everyone to be saved that God's not will God Jesus didn't die for everyone this salvation is not for everyone I totally reject that the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. God does not want one human being to live and die in a lie, but to all come to the truth. God wants everyone to come to the knowledge of the truth and to be saved. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, The Lord is not willing that 
any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's why we have a mission's passion, because we have a God who loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son, that none should perish, that none should perish. This is God's will for every man and every woman and every boy and every girl. Will God's will be done? We, the church, the bride, the woman, are now the major player in the plan of redemption, in the story of redemption, in redemption's story redeeming the earth. God's work of redemption is done. God gave his only begotten son. There's nothing more for God to give out of heaven to save the world. God bankrupt heaven and sent his only begotten son to the earth. There is nothing more for God to give and God himself was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. In the work of redemption for this planet, God's work is done. Christ's work is done. Jesus on the cross said, it is finished that means there's no more to do. We read in the book of Hebrews that Jesus Christ died once and for all. Once and for all. His work is done. The Father's work is done. But her work, the work of the bride, is still to be done. Our work is not done. The plan, the work of redemption for the earth is done. God's part is done. Jesus' part is done. Our part is undone. Our work is to take the gospel and to proclaim the gospel of peace and truth to the whole world. That's not done yet. Everything to save the world is done except that. The gospel. Paul says in Romans chapter 1, the gospel is the power of God and the salvation to anyone who believes it. Anyone, any language, anywhere, anyone who will believe the gospel, the gospel is the power of God and the salvation to anyone who will believe it. The gospel is the power to deliver nations, but it has no power to deliver nations until we deliver it to nations. That's why we're a missions church. That's why we're called Imagine Nations Church. Jesus said in Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, go, go. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the woman. He's talking to the bride. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That is our mission. That is our mandate. That is why we're here. The gospel to everyone, everywhere. And who did he say that to? Who did he say that to? The woman, the bride. Abraham's servant said, what if the woman is not willing? What if she won't leave? What if she's full of fear? What if, what if I find her and she's self-absorbed? What if, what if she's self-focused? What if she's not wanting to move out of her comfort zone? Will the gospel be taken into all the world after the Father has given the work of redemption and Christ has paid the price of redemption? Will the message of redemption be delivered to the world? Will the Father's house be full? 
Will the invitation go that has been entrusted to the woman? In Luke chapter 14 and verse 23, Jesus is telling the parable. And the master says to the servant, the master says to the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them. Compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Will that be done? Will his house be full? Will the invitation be sent? Will we compel them? Will we compel them? Or will they go through life not knowing that there was a God who loved them and had invited them into his house forever? Jesus said in John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And then Jesus said in John 20 and verse 21, as the Father has sent me, so I also send you. Without us, Without us delivering the good news, it's the same as if there were no good news. What good is Christ dying on the cross for the sins of the world if the world never heard of it? If the world never knew it? What good is a declaration of pardon to a condemned prisoner if the news of the pardon never reached him. What good is God loving the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life if that message never reaches the people that are perishing? How will others know if the woman is not willing to go? How will others live if the woman is not willing to give? What if the woman is not willing? Verse 8 of Genesis 24, if the woman is not willing to follow you, and you will be released from this oath, only do not take my son back there. Then the servant took 10, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 of his master's camels and departed. For all of his master's goods were in his hand, and he arose and he went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. And he made his camels, all 10 of them, kneeled down outside the city by a well of water at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. And then he said, O oh Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water and the daughters of the men in the city are coming out to draw water. Now, let it be that the young woman to whom 
I say, please, let down your pitcher and give me a drink. And she says, drink. And I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one, the one that you have appointed for your servant Isaac. I'm not here looking for a one. I'm here looking for the one. Let it be her. Let it be her. And by this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. And it happened before he had finished speaking, before he got the word master out of his mouth, that behold, Rebekah, Rebekah, who was born of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her pitcher on her shoulder. Now, the young woman was very beautiful to behold. A virgin, no man had known her. And she went down to the well. One commentary said there would have been many steps that she went down to the well, drew her water, and came up the many steps from the well. So she goes down to the well, filled her pitcher, and came up. And the servant ran to meet her. Please, let me drink a little water from your pitcher. So she said, drink, my lord. Then she quickly let her pitcher down to her hand and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten camels also until they have finished drinking. Then she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough, ran back down to the well, and drew water. She drew water for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, all of his camels. I'm talking about the woman. The woman who was willing. We know she was willing because she, in a few verses later, the introductions are made. She brings him to her father's house. And before the end of the chapter, the father has called her in with the family and asks the question. Asks this question in verse 58. They called Rebecca and they said to her, Will you, will you go with this man? And she said, I will go. And now, because she's willing, the plan of God will not fail. Because she's willing, the purpose of God is going to prevail. Because she is willing to give and she is willing to go, she would become the channel through which the Messiah would come to the world and as you and I, on this Mission Sunday, are willing to give and willing to go, 
The good news of the Messiah and his mercy is being delivered to a dying and a desperate world as we speak. Rebecca, she was willing, she was eager, she was generous, she was diligent. Each one of the 10 camels would drink 60 liters of water. She would have had to have made over 80 trips down into the well and back up out of the well to fill their thirst. It would have taken her hours. Tell you what she knew. She knew how thirsty camels can be. She knew how much camels could drink. But I'll tell you what she didn't know. She didn't know whose camels she was watering. What she didn't know was why the man had come. What she didn't know is who his master was. What she didn't know was the prayer that he had just prayed. What she didn't know is that this was a test. What she didn't know is that this was an audition for her destiny. She had no idea that the camels she was watering were laden. The reason they were so thirsty was because all of the treasure they were carrying for her. She had no idea that the camels she was watering were hers. She watered them, but buddy, they watered her. She refreshed them. They refreshed her. She blessed them. Ha! They blessed her. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. There was gold, there was silver, there were jewels on those 10 camels. She carried water to them and they carried wealth to her and her family and then they carried her to her destiny. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 25, the generous soul will be made rich. Watch this. And he or she, if you happen to be the woman who waters, will be watered herself or himself. Jesus said, In Matthew chapter 19 and verse 29, because Rebecca was about to leave it all, he said, everyone who has left houses or brothers or sister or father or mother or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. In 1987, as a young married couple with three small children, Carol and I left houses and brothers and sisters. We left father 
and mother and fields and our nation. For his sake, we stuffed everything we owned in 11 of my old army duffel bags. And we have received a hundred times as much as well as the inheritance of eternal life. And we declare with all our heart that the greatest thing you can do for you is give yourself up for the will of God. Will God's will be done? Thank you, team. Will God's will be done? Will the message be delivered to the more than two billion people alive today who have never one time heard the name of Jesus? I know 10 years ago, and this, the statistic has changed a lot now, but 10 years ago, I, I knew that there were 35,000 people who die every day who had never one time heard Jesus' name mentioned in their entire lifetime. Will the message be delivered to billions who have never heard the name of Jesus? And will it happen in our lifetime? Will it happen on our watch? Yes. Yes, it will. If we are like Rebecca, willing, it will happen on our watch. It will happen in our lifetime if we're willing. Imaginations Church, Sydney, Phoenix, and those who are watching. May we always live to make Jesus' last command our first priority and our first passion. May we be the woman that's willing. We are the espoused bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. She was espoused to Isaac. We are espoused to Christ. If she was willing to go down and up and down and up and draw water, would we not be willing to go and to give down into that well, drawing up the water, the wells of salvation, drawing water out of the wells of salvation, going back and forth, working and sweating and make as many trips as we have to take, give as much money as we have to give. Would we be willing to go down and up and down and up and draw water from the wells of salvation to a lost world that Jesus loved and died for? Let me pray. Let's stand here in the auditorium. Lord, it is your mission. It is your commission. And we are your woman. We are your espoused. 
And Lord, you've given us something to do while we're here. You've given us a world to reach. I pray we would not be distracted. I pray we would not be too lazy or too busy to give and to go. I pray we would not be too distracted. I pray that we would wake up every day on a mission, that this gospel must go to the unreached and the untold, and that, Lord, we as a church would commit our best resources, our best sons, our best daughters, our best life for that very purpose. In Jesus' name.